to the Economy Guy. This is Tom Harvey. I give you information and facts and some of my personal opinions on what's going on in the world economy today. Occasionally I'll go off on a little sidetrack, but I can assure you those sidetracks have important economic impacts on what's happening and what's happening with your money. I want you to have the ability to make great financial decisions and informed financial decisions. That's the purpose of today's and every day's podcast. It is October 25th, and this is your economy guy coming to you. Again, sorry I missed last weekend. I was flying last weekend uh, off to Europe from the United States. I uh, made it successfully, I'm happy to say. Uh, and I'm now in France, and I made it just before a new uh, virus outbreak here, and the government has uh, created a curfew, not a lockdown, but a curfew in our area, so everything closes at uh, at 9 p.m. You have to be inside at 9 p.m., and you don't go out before 6 a.m. the next day, and that's the way it'll be for six weeks here. So we'll see if that works. <clears throat> it's uh, questionable, but... The governments uh, probably have to be seen to be doing something rather than actually doing something. Being seen is more important because then you're governing. Oh, oh, oh. Well, in today's podcast, I'm going to talk about, uh, I'm going to cover, I haven't done it for a while, I'm going to cover the markets, talk about those for a while, uh, kind of update you on, on what's going on and a little bit in the world, talk about GDP in Europe, what's kind of unique about it, and where inflation may come from. But I have a very special uh, podcast I want to talk about, the future of the virus, and just talk you through it. I think uh, the listeners of this podcast are uh, pretty smart people, and you certainly think for yourself, that's one of the purposes of having this podcast, just give you information, you figure it out for yourself. The virus is a very complex subject on how do we get out of this mess? And we were in a mess, no question about it. But the question is, how do we get out of it? What are the things we should look for? I'm going to give you some milestones to look for in the future and be able to assess as we go uh, what's coming. Because it's, today it's tough to say the road we will be taking to get out of this. Since I am in Europe, I thought it would be worth contrasting Europe with the United States right now. Did you know that a little more than half of the GDP of a European nation comes from governmental spending. That's a lot more than in the United States. And that has, uh, you know, pros and cons. This is a much more socialist nation over here in Europe than the United States is, and the taxes are higher to pay for it. So that all is makes sense, that part of it. But did you know it's more dangerous in the sense that when the government overspends, and that's what's happening in the United States, deficit spending, it's going on in Europe also, that because it's uh, the government, the chances of getting runaway inflation, hyperinflation, are much greater here than in the United States, especially where there is a weak economic nation. So the top of my European list of nations that uh, could go to hyperinflation is Turkey. Watch that spot. That's kind of an interesting one. And one in another country in South America that kind of falls in the same category. Incidentally, I'm not talking about South America a lot, but is Brazil. So watch Brazil, too. Kind of interesting. Um, the, uh, 
the problem that the West is having, both the United States and Europe, is that we really can't create any inflation. Why? Because the virus shut down the economy. The shutdown economy is causing a depression. A, and a better, better statement of that is, rather than inflation, we have a deflation going on. Uh, overall, it's a deflation, not an inflation. So reversing that trend takes a whole bunch of money, and indeed the central banks are throwing a whole bunch of money at it, in order to keep that deflation be becoming much worse than it really is. So what kind of tools do the uh, governments have to solve this problem? Well, not a lot. The answer is, I mean, the only one tools they have are they can change the interest rate that people pay. And in Europe, the key interest rates are negative, insane. Let me just add that, insane. And, uh, uh, and they can try to inflate their way out by printing money. Uh, and they're trying that, uh, trying unsuccessfully to do that. Uh, so places like Germany are having very, very low inflation rates. Uh, so they're not succeeding in some some places. Turkey, on the other hand, is truly succeeding, but then they are another another economic world. Let's don't get into the detail of how bad they're going. Another tool to be watching for and listening for is the central banks may decide to go to a cashless society. It's a way for them controlling all cash. In other words, you don't have any change in your pocket or bills anymore. Uh, you would be using credit cards or some form of electronic exchange uh, and everything would be done. So the world is pretty what's set up to be able to do that. It would just be a matter of uh, making it legitimate. So watch that. I mean, it would be a sign of uh, panic in my mind if that happened. So, But something to be looking for. Let's hit the markets and talk about them. They're going sideways. Yeah, we could talk about that. They're definitely going sideways. Uh, like, let's take oil. Oil has uh, gone sideways. It's gone up quite a bit since its minimum amount it, early on in the virus back in March. But it's already got up to about $40 a barrel. However, uh, like all markets, uh, there's some downward pressure coming for oil prices as Libya comes back online with its oil production. So we may see even lower oil prices. You know, any, any place between 30 and $40, I consider a sideways movement in the oil market. In the U.S., I watch the stocks. What's moving the stock market? The answer is not much. It's going sideways. But it, the people are just really keeping their focus on, on the next round of stimulus spending. You know, what is stimulus spending? Well, it's uh, uh, borrowing, printing, and spending money. Uh, that's crazy. But in our world, it's not so crazy because all of the money that was spent before is now running out. The PPP money is about to be spent out uh, about this week now. The uh, unemployment benefits that ran out two weeks ago, all of this is uh, bad, and I would expect that to put a downward pressure on the U.S. economy. So there is a lot of momentum to get the new stimulus package going and keep the uh, economy building. So that's, that's what's happening there. Gold is a very interesting market. Gold is... Uh, what I consider a safe haven market. What is a safe haven? Well, 
when the world is going to hell in a handbasket, you want to put your money in a safe place. In the safe. Well, gold is considered a safe place. It's a safe haven bet. So what's going on? Well, the first thing that people talk about is the virus, right? We have uh, new cases uh, are high. There's uh, new lockdowns around the globe that are going on. Uh, there's curfews like in France that are here. So the virus is saying the world is an unsafe place. What's the next thing? Well, the election. We have an election going on, right? Well, actually, if you look at the market, it looks like the market is kind of assuming that a Trump win right now because it's about where it would be if Trump won. If Biden won, I would expect the market to crash. And we are not seeing that downward pressure in the market right now. So uh, it uh, looks like the market is bidding that way. But who knows? You know, the markets are crazy. That's another safe haven bet. Uh, the underlying economy we have here is, you know, and is not that a good, as, as I was saying. So, you know, for example, there were uh, 787 people applied for unemployment last week. You would think, wow, that's numbers falling, isn't it? Things getting great. Well, you know, the mo in, in the non-virus days, the most that had ever happened in the world in the past was 695. In other words, we're setting new records all the time on the people that are being unemployed. So that's not good. Uh, safe haven. U.S.-China relations stink. They really do. I mean, that's the danger point. Watch that from a, I, I consider, extremely dangerous place to be. Uh, and... Uh, so we were the United States is selling uh, 1.8 billion dollars worth of arms to Taiwan that pisses the Chinese off. Uh, we are signed a deal with India where we're going to allow the Indians to use our satellite data for military uses, drones and airplanes and things like that. That's very uh, not good if you're China. And uh, and uh, the, the Chinese are uh, being aggressive with Japan, like pushing uh, Jap uh, fishing boats out of the Japanese waters. And then another area, a long international area, is the unknown in Brexit. We, Brexit isn't settled yet, so it also is a safe haven problem. Oh, and then we have the national debt. God bless the national debt. It's uh, huge, getting huger. And did you know the national debt is worth about $203,000 for every U.S. taxpayer. Uh, think about that if you had to pay that bill, dear taxpayer. So what I've been doing is kind of delineating all of the uncertainties in the world which would cause you to possibly want to do a safe haven bet in gold. So that's uh, the purpose of all that. You know, things like the China or the economy with number, number of unemployed, meaning the economy's not that good and we've got to do something or Brexit is an unknown or those kind of things. Those are all areas where a safe haven bet would be appropriate. So let's get on and talk about the virus. What's coming with the virus? The purpose of this segment is to talk about things that you personally should look for that are coming down the road in the future. Ways for you to judge how well we're doing in getting out of this virus. You know, what, what things should we be looking for? Um, 
first, let's talk about what's important. Uh, personally, I don't think the number of virus cases is important. Uh, I think the number of deaths that are occurring is much more important. And I think if you follow that, you find out that the rate of people dying is going way down. Uh, it's because a lot more people have the virus now. So if uh, more people are catching it and less people are dying, the chances in the future of you're dying from catching it or go down, statistically speaking. That doesn't mean I'm recommending anybody catching it, but that is the case right now. So let's do this by date. Let's start with October 2020. That's this month. What's going on now? Well, we had a president that caught the virus and recovered very quickly, like in three days. Why was that? Well, because there were some new procedures, some new medicines, some new stuff out there that he took, and he got over it real quickly. Now, that, those procedures, those things are not available to the general public because they don't exist in large quantities, only small quantities. It's, you know, as I always said, it's great to be king because you can do whatever you want, but that's true with the president. The president gets the best of treatment. Uh, now, the other thing that's happening is there is a lot more testing, and it's very possible you're going to see new testing coming out in the future. In fact, self-testing, where you'll be able to buy a test, administer it, it yourself, and be able to know in a very short period of time, in minutes, whether you personally have it or not. If you can do your own pregnancy test, why can't you do your own virus test, I say. Uh, if, watch for that coming along in the future. That's kind of an interesting one. Well, what might happen in November of 2020, next month? Well... The uh, regular flu season starts next month, and that will cause confusion. Just be aware of that. If you have a regular flu, how do you know you have that flu versus the COVID flu? If you have the COVID flu, how do you know you have the COVID flu versus the regular flu? You don't. How does your doctor know? They don't. They have to run tests, right? Well, I think there's going to be a lot of extra fear running around because there should be some extra people being sick with the regular flu in the flu season. That's what's going to happen starting November. Now in December 2020, uh, we should see the vaccine trial data coming in. So these people that are making vaccines, so the, their results of those trials will really be coming in. I mean, we've been seeing some partial initial results coming already, but I think the, the real results are December. Uh, will one of those vaccines look promising? Who knows? You know, I don't know. But if so, that's kind of a good thing. That's better than a bad thing. Um, and, uh, but uh, vaccines don't solve, cure the virus. Vaccinations do. So you have to get the vaccines out and people take it. Uh, well, the government has a vaccination program. Uh, President Trump is uh, aligned with CVS and Walgreens around the United States and uh, to roll out millions of doses of these things to the general public across everywhere. So that's, that's coming along so that that program is there. If a virus comes along, the ability to get it out will be there too. I think that February of 2021 will be an important milestone, and that is the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl happens then. And the thing to be watching for is, will we have a full stadium of people rooting on the two teams that are playing? A half a stadium full of people? 
nobody there but cardboard cutouts? Or will the game get canceled even because we've things have gone to hell in a handbasket regarding the virus. I think our, the Super Bowl will be a real measure of progress uh, or lack of progress with the virus. We'll see where we stand there. Now, in, by March of 2021, that'll be one year of living with the virus in most of the places of the world except China. And we will then know whether something that is really, really important to know but we don't know it yet. And that is, if you've caught the virus, are you now immune to catching it a second time? We don't know the answer. The true answer to that question has not been thoroughly studied. But by next March, we should have our hands around the solution to that. There's the second issue that goes on, and that is, if you've caught the virus, is there any ongoing health problems that you're going to have because you caught the virus? We don't know the answer to that question either. And we'll have our arms around the answer to that question. Those two questions will help determine the future course of action against the virus. Not real positive. Still very squishy on where we're going, right? Well, by April of 2021, we should have the second generation of viruses coming out, some novel new approaches, some new ideas. Inventors are still inventing. They haven't stopped just because the main companies have started to find a virus, a, a vaccine for us. So the new novel vaccines will be coming. And the first generation vaccines, which would have come out in the previous December, would be kind of generally out there. But let's look at that. There's no reason to think that a, the first vaccine that comes out won't be more than 50% effective. In other words, it works on half the people. It doesn't work on the other half. And then how many people will take it? Well, I think it'd be lucky, personally speaking, if half the people take it. So if half the people take it and it's effective for 50%, that means that only 25% of the population will have had the vaccine. Is that enough? That means 75% will not have had the vaccine. Uh, good question, and where does that all go? Uh, I don't think that's good enough for the future of handling the vaccine. We need a lot more solutions than just the vaccine, that means. Um, we, we need some alternatives. We need the great uh, inventors to come forward with new alternatives. I've talked about that in the past, and uh, we'll see what really comes forward. Yeah, and other possible solutions are that the virus just dies off. It mutates into nothingness. Well, wouldn't that be nice? I mean, that would be, we all went through hell and uh, did all kinds of things to ourselves. Self-punishment here, like curfews and lockdowns. Uh, but uh, all we had to do was wait. Um, well, or rather than the virus dies off, that everybody finally got the virus. Uh, there's a... Uh, a Swedish epidemiologist who has said that that's the only solution, really, is that everybody's going to catch it and that everyone will catch it because there's no stopping it, no matter what you do. It's just a matter of when you get there. Also realize that politics is playing a huge part in this because we have an election year, yeah, but even without the election year, who knows what's happening. Let me just give you one idea of politics and how crazy politics are. In Florida, Disney World is open for business. Yeah, they're doing special things to keep people safe. In California, Disneyland is closed. 
The only difference between those two really is politics. So think about that. Uh, why is that? And what are we doing to the people? And what are we doing to our economy? That's it from the economy guy. Food for thought again. Be talking to you in a week. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button. This is Tom Harvey, and I'm an investor and not a financial advisor. So understand that nothing in this podcast should be construed as advice or a solicitation to trade in any market. And I disclaim any responsibility for any negative effect of decisions made by listeners.